Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Happy New Year, everybody. What a great time of the year it is. I've got uh, one suggestion just to make before I dive in to my message, and that is, is that if you are putting a New Year's resolution into play, make sure and share it with somebody so they can help keep you accountable. Anybody doing anything new this year? Really? <laughs> is it that bad that you've, that you've tried this thing so many times that you're not even going to, you're not even going to, is anybody doing anything new this year? Oh my goodness. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just tend to love January 1 more than most. I think it's a, it's a chance for a new beginning, a fresh start, and man oh man, I encourage you to get get a dream and a goal um, in your life that you can that you can shoot forward. Okay? All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. We ask that you would just um, just be with us over these next few minutes as we share the word. We've just broken bread in communion. Now we're breaking bread in the reading and the discussion of the word. And we ask, Lord, that it would just prepare our hearts, God, for the new things that you have for us this year. We pray these things in Jesus' name. All right, guys, we are in a new series today. The Lord has impressed on my heart um, that this year, 2023, is going to be a season of power, a season of power. And so today I wanted to talk about the power of prayer. I don't think that you can have um, a great deal of powerful situations taking place in your life if the foundation is not laid in prayer. And so I definitely wanted to start out this series by this message today also We've launched into 21 days of prayer. We had a great time. I didn't know if I was going to be here all by myself and my wife this morning, but we really had a good show up, a good turnout um, at 6 a.m. this morning. Tonight, we're going to continue it, um, 9 o'clock till 10 o'clock. I encourage you, make this 21 days a part of, of planting seed in the ground for this new year. A lot of great things can happen in a year and it's dependent on how you begin. How many of you know that that's true in life? Like your ending is going to be, uh, it's going to resemble the beginning that you had. And so let's start this off right. I want to tell you a story that I heard. There was this bodybuilder, real big guy, big muscular guy. This is a guy that had muscles on top of muscles. And he went to Africa and, um, and he was kind of going around from village to village doing his routine and he would kind of share the gospel, you know, as, as part of it. Um, <clears throat> the villagers absolutely just loved him. They had never seen somebody um, as big as this, as this man was. And, um, and so they were all just ecstatic. Every single time he would do his short routine and get ready to go, the villagers would just stand up and give him a standing ovation. They would jump around. They'd even come up and want to touch him, touch his muscles and... And, um, and so anyway, he was going to his last village and, and he did the same routine that he had done many other times before, but the most excited person about this man's physique was the chief in the village. And so after the routine, he called the man up and he wanted to ask some questions and he just had smile, you know, from ear to ear and, uh, and just continued to tell this man how impressed he was. But he asked the bodybuilder a question. He asked the question. He said, what else, you know, do you use these muscles for? And, and the bodybuilder wasn't really ready for this question. He just kind of stepped back and, and puzzled look on his face. He said, well, well, there really, is, there really is no other reason why, you know, I've built this, this body that I have. And, and the chief, his smile kind of drew down to a frown and he just looked at him puzzled for a second and he said he said this right to this big man he said what a waste what a waste what a waste to have all of that armor 
And the only reason for it is to flex it and show it off. Today we're talking about a season of power. And specifically today we're talking about the power of prayer. And prayer, you know, so many people, they think prayer is so so many different things. And, and oftentimes people minimize prayer. But I want you to know this. We're going to be spending some time in Ephesians chapter 6. And in fact, that's your homework lesson for, for today. Come to church on January 1. Take home some homework. Read all of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 is where it talks about the full armor of God. Somebody say armor. But I want you to know this, that the way that you put on the armor of God, the full armor of God, is in and through prayer. And we're going to uncover that just a little bit here today. So Ephesians chapter 6, let's take a look at verse 11. It says this, the Apostle Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus, but also how many of you know that he's talking to us today? Like this word is applicable for us here today. It says this, put on the full armor of God. Why? So that you can take a stand against, you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And I want you to stop right there for a second. Guys, there's a lot of people in the world, and we talk about it a lot here. I know that this church is not filled with these people. But there are people, and it's crazy to me, that they do not know that there is an enemy called the devil that wants to kill, steal, and destroy you. Sometimes people think that your life is just a mixture of, of, of good and bad decisions. And while that is true for a large portion, you also need to know that there's an enemy that absolutely despises you and hates you and certainly hates the one that you serve. And so he wants to kill you, destroy you. He wants to, every good thing that God has said about you and for you, the devil wants to, wants to minimize and and, and take away from you. And so it goes on. Put on the full armor of God. Why? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. I want us to realize that there's some conflict here because our struggle shows up in the natural. Like our, our struggle's not against flesh and blood, but where do we experience it? Where do we experience, where does it manifest? It manifests in the natural. And so if we're not wise and if we don't know, you know what I mean, the weapons of warfare that are to be used because it shows up in the natural, what we often do is try to fight it in the natural. Let me tell you, 10 times out of 10, if you try to fight the devil in the natural, 10 times out of 10, you will lose. You will not lose, you know, 70% of the time. If you are face to face with the enemy that's been doing this a long time, you will come up short. You will get whooped and beat up if you, if you approach him in your flesh. And that's it. With your wisdom, as wise as you've become in 52 years, right? If you approach him and you try to fight him in the flesh, you're going to lose all the time, every time. And so it shows up in the flesh but our trouble is not rooted in the flesh, right? It's against principalities, the Bible says, against powers and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. And so listen, I want you to identify today, I'm not going to say every problem, but I almost feel like every problem. I'm not going to say that, but I almost feel it. The problems that you're facing right now, they have begun in the spiritual realm, but are manifesting in the natural realm, right? And, so, and so, so they come from the spiritual realm. It doesn't matter if it's the problems that you're having with your children or the fights that you're having with your husband, the coworker that's driving you absolutely batty, right? The, the, the financial issues may be just because you made a bunch of poor decisions, but I also believe that there's a lot of things that the enemy wants to do you know what I mean? To, to attack your finances. Understanding that the number one reason for divorce is finances. Closely coming up behind it. Uh, we won't even go to that. That's not this message. Um, but what I want you to know is our wrestling match, our fight is, 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 is not in earth. 
It's in heavenly places. So the battle that we fight has to go to the spiritual realm. And I, I was just thinking about in first service, and I shared that God just must be so frustrated with us sometimes. Because how many of you, how many of you would say that God's been faithful to you? How many of you would say that even though you couldn't explain it, and let's just say you're not even a, a, a super like, like sensitive to the spirit, you know, kind of a person. Some people are very sensitive to the spirit of God. But you would say that there have been some miracles that have happened in your life that, that just were not even, you weren't even able to even try to approach to explain. And so you're like, man, God has even shown himself to me that usually like everybody else is getting it in the room, but I'm not getting it. I'm telling you, I've seen the supernatural. How many of you would say that's you? Okay, so, 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 so God must be frustrated because he's shown us so many things supernaturally. He must be frustrated that we're so tied to the natural. Meaning, even as long-term Christians and believers that have seen some powerful, amazing things that didn't even make sense, we still limit our, ourselves to what we can touch, what we can see, what we can hear, what we can smell and what we can taste. We are so attached to our five senses, the natural things in our life, that sometimes God's like, how many more things do I have to show you? How many more things do I have to, do I have to reveal to you? And so, so here we are, we're in Ephesians 6, and the Bible begins to tell us, and I'm not going to spend any time on this, but he begins to go through each piece of armor and the idea is that you put it on, you connect to it spiritually in and through prayer, and you're just kind of putting on every piece, piece by piece. That's not what we're talking about today, but that has just been shared. That's your homework. Go down to verse 18. It says this. So you've put on all this armor, and then the Bible says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. He says this, with this in mind, be alert and continue praying for the Lord's people. And he says, also pray for me that I may have wisdom. You know what I mean? To share with people, to fearlessly share with people and make known the mystery of the gospel. So in this one little passage of scripture, I want you to know that the, the, the word pray or prayer is, is offered up four different times in this little piece of scripture. So how important is prayer even in the midst of spiritual warfare? Even in the midst of putting on all of this armor, right? Number one, you can't put on the armor of God without prayer, and then, and then it, it, it continues on, praying the spirit on all occasions. So we've gotta take prayer to a different level. Like if you're around the church or you've been calling yourself a Christian for a long period of time, you know, by now you're blessing your food, you know what I mean, before you eat it. And, and, and you, we talk about prayer a lot and you've probably heard some sermons and, and when you've opened your Bible, you've, you've heard the importance of prayer, you know, it's been talked about, but now it's time to take it to a deeper level of understanding and 2023 is a year of activation because once again, the word of the Lord came that 2023 is going to be a season of power. You do not get the season of power without powerful prayer. They're inseparable. You can't, you, can, you know, God's just not going to, to break how he does things. Come on. Power comes in and through prayer. And so we need to be a people that are open to the idea that stretch ourselves to pray in ways that we've not yet prayed in the past. See, prayers in the Western civilization oftentimes have been treated much like the national anthem before a football game or a basketball game or a baseball game, right? You go to a baseball game, one thing that you can count on is the national anthem is going to be, is going to be played. However, however, that national anthem really doesn't have much effect on what's going to take place on the field, and so oftentimes, even in sporting events, I grew up playing four sports in high school and um, just, just I, I, I love athletics. But I'm telling you, even though our football team would gather together in the end zone, 
in our end zone and we would offer up prayers, you know, be with us and whatnot. I can tell you this, for probably 90% of the athletes that were on the field, maybe there were 10% or, or whatnot that were really connecting to what was going on, but it became ritualistic. It was just something that we do, almost like a good luck charm. And do you know what a lot of those prayers are? Lord, there was two parts to those prayers, as I remember, and that was a long time ago. But Lord, help us to win was number one. And I hope that the other team on the other end of the field weren't praying the same prayers, Lord. Help us to win. But then we also prayed for protection, which I thought was a very, very good and smart and wise thing, you know, to do. But for many, many of the kids, like zero relationship with God, it was, it was ritualistic. It wasn't spiritual. It was habitual. It was something that we just, that we just did. And so, so for a lot of people, it was the same thing with the national anthem. I'm not going to go into that. It's a whole other deal. But I'm telling you, man, I quit watching sports whenever because it was something that meant something to me, and then all the, all the, anyway, that's not this. All right, okay, so move on is what I just heard there. What I heard there was like, you're, you're more than welcome, you know, to move on. And so the same thing before we pray for a meal, right? And I'm guilty of this. I'm standing before you, the pastor of this church, absolutely guilty, so hungry that I'm like, hey, anybody pray? Lord, thank you for this food, bless for my body, in Jesus' name, amen. Like, I could say it in my sleep. Hey, did anybody pray? Nope. Thank you, Lord, for this food. Bless for a bite. In Jesus' name, amen. But how much of that is just, is just that good luck charm, maybe, that, you know? But I can tell you this. Going to some different countries around the world, I can tell you people that have it less than what we have it, like when they sit down and pray for their food, and I'm not talking about longevity here. I'm not talking take 10 minutes and let your food get cold. Uh, they don't even do that. But I'm telling you that whenever you don't or you haven't had maybe the kind of meal that you're getting ready to partake of right now, you know, maybe it's just been some fruit and some rice, but now this is a real, like there is a, there is a moment where the, praise are, the prayers are prayed and maybe even some of the words are said, the same words are said, but you can tell that there's a connection between the mind and the heart and the, 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 the prayer of thanksgiving to God. And so it's not necessarily what you say and how long you say it, but just like Pastor Dusty Adams said, like, listen, when we take communion, it's about making it a spiritual thing because your heart is connected to what it's all about. Amen. And so listen, if you don't do anything more this year in the area of prayer, like whenever you, when you sit down to pray or you create that space and time to pray, get away from the mundane, ritualistic. Like this will be, this will be huge things for not only your life personally, your family, our church family, but I'm telling you, let's, let's when we pray, let's really connect to what it is that we're saying. Amen. One guy was talking to another guy, and the, and the uh, topic of prayer had come up, and, and one guy was looking at the other guy like, you don't know anything about prayer. He said, what are you talking about? I know exactly, I know, I pray. Don't judge me. Like, you may think you know me, but I pray. And he's like, oh, yeah, you pray? I said, I, he said, I'll give you 10 bucks if you can recite the Lord's Prayer to me. He said, 10 bucks, the Lord's Prayer. You're going to lose $10. And so he's, he, he even knelt down on one knee. And he said, now I lay me down to sleep. I play, pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And, and his buddy that had the 10 bucks said, dang it, man, I didn't think you knew it. And he gave him the $10. <laughs> that was a little bit better than first service. I felt like they just laughed because they felt sorry for me up here. <laughs> I want you to think about prayer in this manner. When you pray, I want you to think about giving heaven permission to intervene in your life. And this is a weird concept because, like, do we give God permission to do anything? Let me just clear this up because some of you are going to send me bad mails and things like that. Like, listen, God is going to do what God is going to do regardless of you. 
If he wants to do something, he's going to do something, and he can do something, right? But if we were to follow patterns, it sure seems like for some reason, God does not intervene without invitation on many different fronts. And so there's something powerful whenever his people, which is you and it's me, when we come to the Lord and say, God, I need your help. Will you please come and, and invade my life, invade my space, right? I need you. What, I, what it is that I'm facing right now, I can't handle you know, by myself. And so there's something powerful. What happens is God accepts the invitation and comes. I want us to know that we can't force God in our prayers. I've been in groups of people. In fact, I will just honestly tell you, I felt like this at one time that God was, because he's not a liar, God was stuck to do what his word said he was stuck to do. And my approach, even though there might be truth in that, my approach was I felt like I could requote God's word and send him on mission like an, like an animal. And I'm just saying this, that whew, you don't want to be there. Like when we, like, like the Bible says that, that if we were to behold him visually, behold his glory, if we were to see him right now in our flesh, in our physical being, like we would just keel over and die. It would be so magnificent that we could not even live in his, in his presence, right? We couldn't see him and continue to, continue to live. And I think that there's some reverence and some honor and some respect and some, and some just, just, you know what I'm saying? He says, come boldly before the throne. Thank you, Lord, for giving us that open door where we can come. But still, when we're praying, let's keep in mind who it is that we're speaking. Let's be thankful that the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of all things that have ever been created, come on, the one that holds our destiny, our eternity, our past, our future, come on, in his hand. Let's, let's not forget who it is that we're tying. Thank God that he, that he says, come to me, you know what I mean, and wants to speak to us as friends, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's all on his side. Let's not, let's not be the neighbor that overstays their welcome, right? Anybody have, anybody have somebody, you invite them over, for a two hour dinner and food and fellowship and about three hours later, three and a half hours later, they're going home. Where's Joe? Where's Joe? <laughs> Where is Joe? <laughs> uh, Joe invited us over and I think we overstayed our stay. I just, I think that we, uh, somebody have to pass that along to him. But uh, uh, <clears throat> Prayer calls on God to intervene in ways that he, always, that he already wants to intervene in. James 5.16 says this. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. I want to draw a connection here that the condition of your healing is two-part, confession and prayer. Right? Confess and pray and then you'll be healed. James 5.17, Elijah James is talking about Elijah was a human being, just like you and I are human beings. So many people, they'll say that live today, man, I just wish I lived back then in times that were a lot easier. I think the Lord put this in here specifically to let us know that Elijah was a man, flesh and bone, just like you and I, dealt with the same things that you and I did and do Elijah was a human being just as we are. He prayed earnestly. So one thing that set him apart from many, not all, because there are people here that pray earnestly, but for many he prayed earnestly. That set him apart. And, and his prayer was is that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And then again, James says that he prayed and the heavens gave rain. And so here's an ordinary man, somebody say an, a regular guy, with an earthly problem that prayed and heaven invaded, heaven intervened. Heaven showed up and did something that he had asked for. An ordinary guy, just like you, an ordinary gal. He wasn't a gal, but you understand what I'm saying, right? And so, so with a problem, went to their knees, went to his face and began to pray. And what it is that that, that, that took place happened in large part because 
he, he was in that place and prayed. Heaven moved. First Kings chapter 18 and verse 1. you got to get the full story. All it says is that Elijah prayed it wouldn't rain, and then he prayed it would rain, and, and it did both. Well, what's the full story? First Kings chapter 18 and verse 1. After a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. So three years had already taken place in a drought. The word of the Lord comes to Elijah, go see Ahab and tell him that rain's coming. 1 Kings chapter 18, 41, fast forward. Elijah got to Ahab and he said to him, go eat and drink for there is sound, there's a sound of heavy rain. I don't think he heard a sound of anything other than the word that was spoken to him by the Lord that was the promise of God that said the rain is coming. And so he said, listen, I got stuff to do you go eat and drink. Then he says he went up to Carmel and he bent down to the ground and he put his face between his, between his knees. And then he told his servant, go look towards the sea. And the servant went up and looked and nothing was there. And Elijah said, go back seven times. See, he's praying for this rain to come and, and it didn't come the first time and it didn't come the second time. And it didn't come the third or the fourth or the fifth or the sixth time. It came on the seventh time. And I feel like that that's a word for some folks today because you've been praying for some things. And it doesn't seem like God cares about you. It doesn't seem like God listens to you. It doesn't seem like God has heard you. And so when you hear people talk about prayer, you know, automatically, like you're standoffish. You know what I'm saying? I've tried that before. But I'm saying also that sometimes the answer to prayer, even though it's already been sent, is not experienced until later on. You take a look at the book of Daniel. I didn't share this in first service, but Daniel is praying to the Lord. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the angel Gabriel is on his way. And the, and the prince of Persia, which is a, de, a, a, a very strong demon, got into a battle with, with, um, with Gabriel in the heavenly realm. And so Daniel's like, what in the world, man? I've prayed and, 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 and have been believing that you're coming. And, and, and so they're having this conversation with Gabriel actually gets there. And it's like, listen, I'm sorry. I was, I, was, uh, I was caught up for 21 days. Why were you caught up? I was caught up for 21 days because I was in a battle. I was in a fight. But this is what I want you to know. God already answered the prayer 21 days ago. The answer was already on its way. It just didn't come into a complete fulfillment and manifestation until 21 days later. Why? Because there are things that are taking place in the spiritual realm that we are completely oblivious to at times. And this is why I want you to know that if you really truly understood, if we could see what would happen, what happens in the supernatural realm whenever God's people pray, I honestly believe that we would pray a lot more and more fervently, but this is what it is. We pray and we say what we have to say and then we're left to hope. Hope is not necessarily faith. We're hopeful that somehow, some way, our prayer has gotten to God. And so what we do when it's not been answered, what do we do? We continue to say the same thing over and over again. God, please heal me of this cancer. Or God, please restore my relationship. Or God, do this. Or God, do that. And then all of a sudden, we, 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 we waste breath because if we've asked and we've believed, then I feel like our prayers should shift into a prayer of thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for answering my prayers. Thank you, Lord, that, that even though I'm not sensing it, even though I'm not seeing it, even though I'm not experiencing it, I believe. God, that you have my best interest and things are happening for my best interest, the favor of the Lord to work in my life. And then, and then okay, well, what happens? This is totally different. I got to get back on track or we're going to be here for two hours. But what happens if things never turn out like, like you've prayed and asked for them to turn out? Then you have to just trust that God knows better than you know. And his plan for your life is better than your plan for your life. See, you think you, you know exactly what you need, but thank God God doesn't give you what, what you think you need. He, he gives you what he knows you need, right? 
And so we have to trust in the sovereignty of God. Does that mean we stop? No, we pray boldly. We pray specifically. And as we walk with the Lord, this is another big thing. I got to get off of this. But as we walk with the Lord, God will begin to reveal, the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal to you things that need to be prayed for, things to be, that need to be spoken of, just like Elijah. Hey, go show yourself to Ahab. Rain's coming. He went with confidence because he knew the voice of the Lord and he went and he knew that what God said he's going to do, he's going to do. So all he had to do is be the messenger and he didn't doubt and he didn't question. And so when you walk with God and you build a great prayer life, then you're going to become more sensitive to the things of God, the voice of God. And then it's not a shot of dark. It's not an arrow in the dark. It's a, it's a, it's a, you're shooting at a target. Why? Because the Lord has spoken to you. All right, going on. So, so seven times, seven times, he, the seventh time he reported, hey, there's a cloud, a small cloud is a man's hand that's rising in the sea. And Elijah said, okay, there, that's what I was looking for. Go tell Ahab, get off this mountain, get off this place, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. The sky grew black as it does in storms, and the wind rose. Every rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. Verse 46, the power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of him to Jezreel. But this is what I want you to know is God declares it back here, in, and he declares it in the heavenly realm, right? Yet no rain fell until the man of God positioned himself, I believe, in the right place of God and began to pray as he knew to pray. And, and, and whenever he, when he began to pray, that's when this thing came to pass. And, and somebody might ask, well, would it have rained anyway? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that many times... The Lord brings us into the equation to walk things out by faith. And the moment that we do that, then things begin to happen. So I will say this, that when the Apostle Paul talks about prayer, he's not talking about general, meaningless repetitions like sometimes we fall into. What am I talking about? He's not talking about coming to 21 days of prayer at 6 a.m. in the morning saying a quick prayer, falling asleep for 42 minutes, being woken up by the guy that's next to you saying, hey, it's time to take communion or it's time to, you know what I'm saying? That's not what I'm saying. It's giving yourself diligently and being purposeful, praying the word over your life and over your family and asking what it is that God desires for you to know about him. See, your problem's answers are found in heavenly places and prayer is the vehicle that takes you there. Ephesians six seventeen says this, Take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. One of the great ways to pray is to pray the Word. Just this morning I was reading Proverbs chapter 1, and I came across this, uh, something that really spoke to me in Proverbs chapter 1. So you know what I did? I put my Bible down, and I just got down, I laid out on the floor, and I just began to pray that over my life and over this church. See, when you're reading God's word, things will speak to you. That's a wonderful time to get into the prayer closet and begin to ask God, say, hey God, this is what it says that you, you know, can do and will do, and I'm asking you, will you do it for me? Will you do it for me? It's beautiful, right? This is the problem. It becomes problematic if you don't know what God's word says. And so you can't really put this into play if you don't read your Bible. Once again, these two go hand in hand. So one of the things, and I didn't share this in first service, but one of the things I think we do a lot of is we share our problems with people that can't help us. We oftentimes share our issues and our problems with people that can't do anything for us, but what we're looking for is sympathy. Somebody say sympathy. So we get exactly what we're looking for, somebody to sympathize with us and, and for us. But I'm telling you, in the day that we stand, we don't need another ounce of sympathy. 
What we need is the power of heaven invading the earth. Like some of you have some serious situations that you're, that you're up against. What you need is nothing short of a miracle. You don't need somebody to come over and just rub your back just a little bit and say, hey, listen, everything is going to be okay right? Let's go to the one that can do it, that can make a difference in our circumstances and our situations. His name is Jesus. And I want to challenge you to go to him often this year. Bible says in Ephesians 6, 18, pray in the spirit at all times. It says on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. You might've thought there was only one kind of prayer. I've studied it out. I, I, I'm really landing on 10 different kinds of prayers. There are 24 different prayers, but a lot of them are the same kind of prayers. And so anyway, there's not just one way, one type to pray. There's many different ones. But I want to talk about this word times, pray in the spirit at all times. There's two Greek words for the word time. There's chronos and there's kairos. Chronos is, is sequential time. It's, it's seconds turning into minutes and minutes turning into hours and hours turning into days and days turning into months, months turning into years. But Kairos time is a specific time, an appointed time. It's like if I was to talk to Anthony and say, listen, tomorrow at one o'clock, Anthony, I want to set an appointment with you because there's some very serious, important things that I want to talk to you about. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a moment in all time that is purposeful. There's a reason for it. Well, Travis, why are you talking about this? Because why, the reason I'm being so specific is because Ephesians chapter 6 is talking in light of spiritual warfare. The context is spiritual warfare. The context is putting on the full armor of God. Ephesians 6, 13, put on the full armor so that when the evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Listen, if you are blessed January 1, 2023 with no issues, enjoy it. It is a wonderful thing, man. Celebrate it. Take it all in because I can promise you it's not going to stay that way. Why? Because, and, and I'm not even speaking that, it's just the way that life goes. Right now, I feel like, man, nothing's wrong. But I've been here before. And then something went wrong. And then I went through that, and I got stronger, and, and my faith grew. And, and then I was at a place of a season in life where everything was just fine. And so there's ebbs and flows, and there's troubles, and there's peace, right? And all of it has a purpose, but there's going to be a day where all hell breaks loose and you're going to be under attack with the devil riding your back and you're not going to have the answer. You're going to be sinking more than you're able to swim. And it's during that time that you're going to have to have the full armor of God on you. How does the full armor of God? It comes through prayer, continuous prayer, all kinds of prayer, right? Why? So that you have the full armor so that you can stand against the attacks of the devil, that wants to kill you, steal from you, and destroy you. That means you can stand and just take it. And you can look right back at him and say, you are wasting your time. You are wasting your time. But guess what? Sometimes we don't pray like this because we don't know the promises that are there for us and we're not putting on the armor. In fact, we've been caught sleeping in the middle of the night. The enemy is already in the camp and we jump up and we're trying to put our boots and shoes on, going out and fighting the enemy in our skivvies. You ain't got no armor on. You ain't got no armor on. Who's going to win that battle? Right? Some people say, why don't we see God? I believe that we don't see God like we used to see God because we're not seeking him like we used to seek him. And I believe that we're moving into a new area where God's people, come on, are going to be called by his name and humble themselves and pray and, and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways, right? And then from that, power and healing and restoration and direction and vision and and all the things that we wish were different in our life are going to begin to line up. Like, listen, we got some older people in this place like me. I pray for my kids. I pray for my grandkids. I pray for, I pray for family members that don't know the Lord. Amen. They need us now. They need us to stand in that place, in that gap. Get specific. Be bold. Call on him in the spirit. There's a place for quiet reflection. Our church is wonderful when we pray 
praying in quiet reflection. Like this is our DNA. Our, the DNA of this church is quiet reflection. That's who we are. When we come together in, in, in 21 days of prayer, our prayer meetings in the morning and our prayer meetings in the evening is quiet reflection. And there's nothing wrong with that. One prayer isn't necessarily more. God doesn't hear you more if you're screaming and shouting and dancing and, and all that things. He doesn't. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man and woman avails much. But I'm telling you, if that's the only kind of prayer that you're praying, uh, what I want you to do is I want you to know if your child, if your child was, 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 was in a bad situation, let's say he was in a drug house, right? I don't know about you. I'm going to that drug house. Matter of fact, I have taken people out of drug houses, put myself in dangerous situations, and I'm not handling myself like knocking on the door, Excuse me, excuse me. Hey, have you seen? No, man, I know somebody is there. I'm going into that place and that position, and I'm taking what is mine home with me, right? And so, so there are times when the situation that you're faced, you're faced with, it's got to go to a different place than these quiet passive, which are powerful. I'm not, but I'm saying, like, if you're not going to treat a natural situation like that, then how about treating the spiritual situation the same? Come on, with a little bit of power and excitement and expectation, right? The other thing about that is, is when you pray aloud, it gives other people the opportunity to stop what they're doing and say, wow, this must be important I'm coming into agreement with everything that that person says. Everything that that person says, right? I can, now there's two of us agreeing on the same thing. So pray in the spirit, the Bible says, 618, and pray in the spirit. What does that mean? I'm telling you, there's a prayer language that is available to you that will build you up, that will edify you. It, it, it's, a, it's a language that you don't understand, but it's in direct communication with the spirit of God. And I'm telling you, it's powerful. And if the only thing that you get out of that is self-edification, self-strength, it's worth it. How do you get it? You just simply ask. But you can also pray spiritually. How do you pray spiritually? I just shared with you. You read the Bible. You're in contact with what it is that the Spirit is directing you to pray for. And you're not just throwing up these these humanistic, you know, giving your best flesh effort, you know, to say something that sounds nice. Not repeating the same thing because you've learned it over time, right? But it's getting gritty. It's getting down into the, into the mix of it. So what happens when you pray spiritually? Well, I'm going to tell you. It's, it's found in Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to the will of God. So listen, the Spirit is able to lift you up when you can't lift yourself up. The Spirit is able to recognize the exact attack that the enemy is bringing against you and, and, and begins to intercede on your behalf. Ephesians 6.18 says this, just another little, little gold nugget. When you pray, be alert in your prayers. Always keep on praying for the Lord's people. And then 1 Peter says a lot of the same thing. Be sober in the spirit and on alert. For your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking for somebody to devour. I'm, I'm, I'm breaking some, some, some rules that maybe you've been taught. Many of you have been taught that when you pray, close your eyes. Be quiet. Be subdued. Be, you know, posture yourself. And I'm saying that's a great, powerful way to prayer. But how in the world in prayer, when the Bible tells you lift up your eyes in prayer, how are you supposed to lift up your eyes if they're closed? Doesn't matter. I'm seeing the same thing, right? And so... So be alert. Why? Because the adversary is, is roaming around like a roaring lion, seeking who he can devour. You know what? A lion doesn't roar unless they're in close proximity. If you got your eyes closed, let me, true story. Let me just tell you, this is the funniest story. You may, first service didn't think it was funny. I don't care. It's funny. It's funny. True story. My friend Daryl Carnley is one of my, my, my pastoral oversight council members. He's a guy that 
I, I respect. He's had a lot of years in ministry and been through a lot of things. He's been a help to me, but he's doing a lot of missions work now. It's a few years ago. He was, um, he was in Africa where we go to Uganda. There's a lot of witchcraft and just a lot of crazy stuff, like manifestations of things that, that happen. And, and there was this, this girl that you could just tell, maybe, I don't know, maybe she was 12, 13 years old. But uh, he, said, he said she was just kind of manifesting just a little bit. And I think he called her up and, and she came forward. And he's like, man, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to take authority over this situation, which we certainly you know what I mean, can do the spirit of God in us. But he laid his hands on this, on this girl's shoulder and he started, started to pray. And next thing you know, man, she rears back and just socks him, man. She punched him right square in the nose. And he said, I can't tell the story like he tells it. That's, maybe that's why it's so funny. But 12, 13-year-old little girl, he said, when I came to, man, my glasses, my glasses, Glasses kind of looked something like this, and I, he said, I almost went down. I almost, I almost went down like my eyes were watering, and I'm just busting up laughing. So I'm thinking this is the funniest thing that I've heard of. And you just have to, if you know him, you know when he tells a story like you're in it. And I'm just laughing, gut, gut-wrenching laughing. He just got smacked by a 12-year-old about got knocked out. And, and, and he says, you know what I learned? I said, what's that? He said, to pray with my eyes open. <laughs> he, said, he said, next time, I want to see it coming. I had no idea what was coming, but I just, that's so funny to me. I'm going to close. I'm already over. I wanted to read something that I had just discovered this morning about prayer and the armor of God, and it is this. Prayer is not a piece of spiritual armor, right? It talked about the spiritual armor right before it challenges us to pray. So it says prayer is not a piece of spiritual armor, yet it is essential to winning spiritual battles. Why is that? It goes on to say because communication in the battle is often the difference between victory and defeat. And I can tell you this for sure, like communication, if you lose communication with the guys, the ladies, the men, whoever, that's calling the shots, that know more information about you, let's just say you're on the front line and you lose communication with, with what everybody else knows, that's a scary place to be. It's a bad situation to be in. And so this really makes sense. It says, it says that, while prayer is not a piece of spiritual armor, it's essential to winning spiritual battles because communication is a battle, or communication in battle is often the difference between victory and defeat. It connects us to the power of God. Communication connects us to the power of God, which is necessary to defeat spiritual enemies. Guys, listen, this isn't a challenge. This isn't a, this isn't a, Man, I hope you'll hear what I'm saying and, and become a person of prayer. I'm saying that, listen, there's no other way. Like, there's no other way. There's in, the, in the day that we live in, the days that are coming, like, we have, to, we, have to, we have to get excellent in this area called prayer. Just like, much like a, a, a soldier is with his rifle um, or, or whatever, you know, Whatever weapon he is, he, is, he is an expert in, you know what I mean? It takes training. It takes time. You know, you got to get your hands on it. It's a skill that needs to be learned. Prayer is that same way. Nobody else can really teach you. I mean, we, we're given models to pray like the disciples. Jesus, how do we pray? Pray this way, our Father who art in heaven, right? And, and, and But I'm telling you, even at that, being given that information by Jesus, I can promise you, it was pretty awkward for a while. Like they just didn't go from not really knowing how to pray to being, to being powerful in prayer. So we got to begin. We got to start. And I'm asking you, I'm, I'm sharing with you that what it is that God has for our church is not going to manifest. It's not going to come into be without people contending for it, travailing for it, right? 
Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for this day, this first day of January, 2023. God, I thank you for these people that it is just a privilege to be able to share life with. I ask in Jesus' name that you would give them the desires of their heart. I pray that this year would be a blessed year. That whenever they put their hand to something, they would have the favor of the Lord, even if they were least qualified. I pray your blessing upon this congregation. In this community, Lord, I pray that because of the people, that this church would be a beacon of light. It would be something that people would be drawn to in their hour of need. And it doesn't matter if it's the janitor or the secretary or, or it doesn't matter if it's a person out cutting the grass. It doesn't matter if it was just a person that belongs to this church that's just visiting. If there is an encounter with that person in need and us, we have the answer. And the answer to their issue is found in heavenly places. It's found in the spiritual realm. They may come with struggles in their marriage, problems with their children, or healing that needs to take place in their body. Lord, in all of these things, while there's many other options, let Grace Church not be the church that approaches the answer as the world approaches the answer. With no relationship, no covenant with you, God, let us stand in the gap and go spiritually, knowing, God, that the answer, the true answer for every situation is found in you. Lord, I pray that, uh, that we would just be ready for, for what the day is going to bring us. Let us be excited about this new year because we know that we have the victory. I pray for increase of souls and people giving their hearts to Jesus and many baptisms this year and marriages and births and um, baby dedications. And, and Lord, I pray that we get that cross erected this year. And I pray, Lord, that we also make movement this year on the gymnasium, which is a step towards the school. So many things going on, but there's nothing greater than one person giving their heart to Jesus. For we know that when that happens, all heaven rejoices. That means all heaven is paying attention. Let us know that we're never alone, but we've got the Holy Spirit. We've got God in us, and we've got a bunch of saints that are just watching and rooting us on. Be with us as we, as we move forward into this year with great expectation. Let us, let us move in power. Let that power come from a lot of different places, but certainly prayer. For those that need you today that do not know if they're even safe today, I ask you, Lord, that you would just touch their heart and let them know how much you love them and that it wasn't a mistake for them to be here. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.